You're listening to Blazing Creative. We might seem obnoxious throughout this. With Megan Maydell and me, Steph Schertz Official. Well, that was confident. <laughs> A podcast and community for creative biz owners who are equal parts goofball and girl boss, who love to laugh as much as they launch, and who have guilty pleasures for good measure. I'm so glad you explained it from that sentence because you lost me there. Sit tight while Megan and I talk pop culture, entrepreneurship, and our favorite tools of the week. As long as I have more experience than you do, I can help you. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, Trailblazers. Well, here we are, the season two finale, just in time for the holidays. We'll also be releasing a season three preview for you, but today, to wrap things up, for the year, we've got Alicia Johns, an Instagram influencer, talking about how she got that important role. We'll finish off with two things Megan and I encourage you to do for your Instagram feed. But first, it's time to discuss Bravo celebrities and Instagram stories in No, I Wasn't Watching TV All Day. So since our guest interview today is all about Instagram, and we've we've talked about Bravo celebrities and selling stuff on Instagram, but Megan and I noticed as we were looking through our Instagram stories that none of the Bravo celebrities we follow, minus one very active person, <laughs> actually do Instagram stories. And this was sort of mind-boggling to us. So why do you think that is, Megan? I, I don't, maybe they think that they share enough of it. I, maybe, I don't know. We're not famous. Uh, it'd be nice if we were, but we're not. Uh, but maybe this is a stab in the dark here. They feel like they already share enough of it and it's already being like so widely followed and criticized on their Instagram feed or on TV whenever their season is on and things like that, that why do I need to continue to share those things? But I think that that stuff is the stuff that actually ends up making you more lovable. Like Bethany is super, super active on Instagram stories and Snapchat. And it makes me like her even more than I already did. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, I think there's a fine line. Because I had to unfollow Bethany because it's like, oh my gosh, this is way too much. <laughs> it's, so, it's so much. But, but I do feel like, especially with how we know that a lot of the Bravo shows are a little bit scripted, I feel like this, wouldn't this be your opportunity to like defend some of the things that happen on the show or clarify even or just like show people more of your actual personality as opposed to the sort of character you end up playing on the show I I would think so like I I was Catherine from Southern Charm like I'd be pissed that I'm made to look like yeah a drug addict psycho now she very well could be but (laughs) she's not on the next season so I guess we'll never know Um, but I would be using Instagram stories like crazy or Snapchat if I wanted to go that route uh if that's where I felt like some of my followers were to prove that I'm not or to show more things that go against the grain because I think whenever you're constantly going through a curated feed or something that's been being closely monitored the way that a lot of times Instagram feeds are that all it's doing is perpetuating that mindset that people have of you like with Catherine whenever we know that she's in what like California or something like that for rehab and all you keep posting pictures about whenever we know that you've gotten back at that point because apparently you have reporters following you around or you're calling on yourself as we've discussed in previous episodes uh you're just posting pictures of your outfits and stuff like that. Nothing's with your kids and you just seem to be going out all the time again. Like 
but you say you don't want to be criticized for that, then how did you think this was helping? Like, then show us what the other side of it is. Yeah. I think it doesn't help for the people who aren't necessarily super smart or super (laughs) media savvy. Um, But, like, so on Cameron's, Cameron from Southern Charm's Instagram, she clearly uploads videos that are from Snapchat. Like, she just is talking in a filter. And it's usually pretty cute. And I feel like you should talk more to the camera because I think that a lot of, um, especially these people that like live fancy lives, they have great clothes, they always have their makeup done. I do feel like it's way more endearing to have you sort of in more real environments. And I, I think that like Photoshopped photos of you posted to your Instagram are not the way to make you more relatable. So I don't know. I, I definitely feel like there's an opportunity there to uh, to create more of a connection with the audience and maybe set you up to be more of a good guy when your season does air. Even that and just being, I don't know, maybe because it's just popped into my head that it's a age thing because these people, yeah. well, they don't talk about their ages. You can Google them. They're older than we are. And... <laughs> Well, they want to admit it or not, they're older than we are. So maybe it's just that shift in how quickly technology's kind of moved through. Because it's even when Snapchat came up, it was really just younger right. kids who are in middle school, high school, just going into college who were like diehard Snapchatters yeah. and love it and are still using it even after Instagram swiped the shit out of it. <laughs> and, and whereas Instagram is turning into more like they were around when Instagram was very much about a curated feed. And if you share these kinds of things, we'll give you these kinds of followers. And once people have kind of figured out something that works for them or the way that they were taught to use it, getting them to use it in a different way is hard. Like getting or getting me on board with Snapchat took forever. I think the day I got on board with Snapchat finally was whenever fucking Instagram swiped their shit. <laughs> and it was a day I wanted to get rid of Instagram. So now it's, oh, great. Well, then I guess I'm just using it all over here. So I'm not even going to bother with Snapchat. But I'm taking what I knew about Snapchat and applying it to Instagram. And I'm not sure if maybe everyone's doing that or if they were just... Like you said, Cameron's using Snapchat filters. Is she only using those because she hears people talking about it a lot because they're in the (laughs) 12 to 22 age range? (laughs) Well, and I also feel like as much as it seems like a joke that Sonia Morgan has interns, I do feel like this is an opportunity for some of the less tech-savvy stars to get into this kind of stuff because I feel like you hire somebody who's young and you say, Hey, like this is, this is how often we need to be doing this kind of stuff. And then it helps you stay relevant. Cause I feel like as long as you're keeping an engaged audience, it's going to be more appealing for Bravo to keep you on whatever show you're on. So I just feel like it seems like a kind of easy solution, especially for these people that have a decent amount of money. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, Sonia, clearly, if you can be hiring interns like crazy, I think that they should all be using it more just to give a little bit of behind the scenes. Now, there are some people who don't use behind the scenes looks well as business owners. True, true. <laughs> From people that I follow on Instagram, it does still need to be something that I give a shit about. But if you're looking to add more of like a personable characteristic, even to where I feel like it comes the most in handy is product-based businesses and maybe it's because I'm not a product-based business owner but 
when I'm looking at different products, it's okay. I can only envision so much with a product. <laughs> right. Like I can, like, cool. That's a phone case. Got it. All right. Yeah. That's all I got out of that. <laughs> but, like I know nothing about you know the business owner or the lifestyle or anything that goes along with those. What goes along with that product? And I think that using Instagram stories or behind the scenes peaks gives you a real look at A, either how this business is being run or B, how you can apply these things to your everyday life, which just makes it all the more enticing. Yeah. No, I think that's a super good point. And the funny thing is a lot of these Bravo people do have product lines. So they should be considering that opportunity too. Yeah. I haven't seen any Kim Zolciak Beerman running around with that cashmere with a K shit that she's put out on Instagram stories. <laughs> she oh god she's brutal i just can't oh see i love her i love her she's insane and it makes it so much fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't help that her children are literally fucking gorgeous <laughs> she hit the so, baby jean jackpot yeah. <laughs> there's so many of them though Oh, she could stick them all in show business and live off them for the rest of her life. <laughs> I think that's her game plan. Hey, that's that's one way. To go Who for. knows? So what? So what have we learned from the Instagram stories of Bravo people, or the lack thereof? <laughs> they need to use it more. If you don't want to be typecasted, or I don't even know if that's the right word, or if you don't want to be villainized or put into a certain role as a certain kind of person, or you want to be able to make sure that you are enticing enough to the audience to be able to get back on another season, or you want to be able to use it to, as a jump off point to sell a makeup line or sell a skincare line or whatever it is that you're doing, why aren't you giving us more of that side of it instead of this carefully scripted Instagram curated presence that you're giving us. Yeah, I think it's it just goes more towards the whole authentic vibe which people want more and more of. So I think that that's it's even closer to achieving that. Yeah, as more and more people start to hop on the you need to build an authentic brand bad bandwagon, I think we're just going to start hearing that preached more and more and they could do with some help in that department. <laughs> All right, hey guys. So I have a special person guest here with me today. Another lady from my Savvy Experience conference that I got to meet up with and enjoy breakfast over. No less. Uh, I have with me Alicia Johns, so we can talk about how she's been able to use Instagram to build her business, which to me sounded like a magical unicorn idea that it's like something you always hear about everyone else doing but when you try to do it yourself it's like yeah that didn't work the way that I thought it would <laughs> so Alicia thank you so much for being here with us today and agreeing to do this yeah thanks so much for having me I'm happy to be here so start off by telling us how you a little bit about what you do now and how you got to that point <laughs> Sure, sure. So it's a journey, but I am the founder of Lish Creative, which is a content agency and consulting firm for lifestyle and hospitality brands. I produce social media strategies and photograph lifestyle and product photography for brands like Dunkin' Donuts and Chatbooks and HP. 
Um, but it didn't always start that way. <laughs> I was actually in the advertising industry out of college and I was working for a freeze pop brand, <laughs> the Otter yes, Pops yeah. if you're on the West Coast and Flavor Ice if you're on the East Coast. I um, did their social media captions and came up with all these crazy otter puns. <laughs> and after that, I went to work for a production agency where I did more of the styling, wardrobe styling, and learned more about that side of things. And this whole time, I was using social media and Instagram to get a job. Um, that's really why I started. And just styling photos for fun on the weekends, playing with sprinkles and color, that's really my thing. And I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And all of a sudden people started to ask me to do it for them and wanting me to take their products and style them. And at first I just thought it was really cool to get these free products, right? Like, okay. <laughs> like awesome, like free watch, cool, cool man. Um, and then I was like, wait a second, I should be getting paid for this. And uh, <laughs> I was already freelancing on the side as a social media strategist and as a writer doing all these things. And so I just added that into my suite of services and in January of this year, 2016, I left my full-time job in the advertising industry to start Fish Creative full-time. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. So tell us a little bit about what Lish Creative actually does. So it's really, the main thing we do is create social media content for different brands. And it's mainly the visual side of it. So a social media manager for a big brand will come to us and say, hey, we're doing this holiday campaign and we really need images around our new beverage. And so I will come up with uh, creative concepts and go prop shopping and shoot all these images for them to then implement on their feeds. And so that's the main part of my business. And then I also do consulting for those big brands of like how to work with influencers and how to make that all happen and consulting for small businesses as well who want to up-level their Instagram. Tell me about this prop shopping. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> part of your job. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, sometimes the most uh, time-consuming part of my job, but it's really just based on the client and like I have a project coming up for a whiskey brand which is really uh interesting I haven't had any alcohol clients yet but they want to do something that's like old meets new where it's like a lot of antique items so I'm gonna have to go like antique shopping and like find some vintage Christmas ornaments and um Ooh. what else is on the list like a vintage record player and like a vintage alarm clock so it can be fun but it can also be infuriating to be like on amazon like oh my gosh like why can't i find an orange vintage alarm clock (laughs) what what do you do with these things when you're done with them do you like mail them to the company or then you're responsible for selling them um i keep a lot which is scary um yeah, I usually keep it and try to use it again. Okay, cool. So 
One of the biggest questions that I get asked from clients, especially you know in the marketing realm and helping them be able to market their businesses, is how do people get paid by other companies for being on Instagram, for like mentioning their stuff? And sure. I know that sometimes you post things that I'm like, mm, I feel like that was an ad. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like it, but sometimes I feel like it. <laughs> how does that process, like how do you, I guess this is a two-part question. Let's, let's answer this part, first part first. How do you start building that committed following on Instagram that then gets you seen by companies who are like, oh, I'm going to consider her to be an influencer that I can then have post my products and things like that? Sure, sure. So that's a good point. I didn't mention that actual like being an influencer as one of the parts of my business, but that is probably about... 15 to 20% of my income is actually being a quote unquote influencer for these brands. Um, so starting that process, I mean, I definitely didn't go into styling on the weekends and having fun, like with a thought in my head that like, oh, I'm going to do this to make money. Like I'm going to do this to become an influencer. <laughs> like that just sounds so like pretentious. It I don't sounds know. so douchey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I hate even saying that. Like, I didn't include it in my description. Like, oh, I'm an Instagram influencer. Like, oh, I just hate that, right? Like, oh. Pinky up um, with your teacup. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, basically, brands are looking for Instagrammers and, and bloggers a lot of time are included in this category who have a large and highly engaged following. And so I think you have to be really committed to a category. Like you have to have a really unique aesthetic and style so that you can um, align with a lot of different brands because brands will pick influencers who align with their style. So Dunkin' Donuts, for instance, will pick brands or pick influencers that are like really colorful and happy and kind of align with their brand values. So when you're building your feed and your or your blog or whatever it is, like you want to have your mission and values in mind and your look and feel and your aesthetic in mind and stay true to that. It's really your brand aesthetic. It's the same as if you went to a graphic designer and got a whole brand guide for your website, that same brand guide should show on your social media channels and on your blog and website as well. So having that like consistent style really helps to get brands. And then I think it's just building relationships with people to keep your engagement rate up and to continue to grow. So instead of just not commenting back when people <laughs> say like, oh, I love this photo, instead of just saying thanks, you can say, thanks so much. Like, how's your week going? Or thanks so much. I love that last photo that you just posted about ice cream or whatever it is. So I think it's like, that's how you start to build those meaningful relationships. And that's really how I've kept my engagement rate higher than the average. And I think that's what makes me more appealing to these types of brands that come to me for these campaigns. Because I've heard the rule of like, you know, you like so many images and then you comment on them. But in responding, I've only ever just responded like, oh, thanks. Like, you know, really enjoyed it or something along those lines. But you're saying take it one step further and actually make comments about things that are relevant to them that they've been doing. Yeah. Like think about it as 
though you're engaging with people in Facebook groups, like take it that step farther and try to really relate to these people and build meaningful connections. Like I've made meaningful friendships with so many people on Instagram. It's unbelievable. And I've met a lot of them in real life too. And these are the people that will like rally behind you and help you and comment on your photos every day and um, really help with that engagement rate. And in this era of the algorithm, as I like to call it, <laughs> um, that's like what keeps you afloat. That's what keeps it moving. Like these people, your cheerleaders that you build these relationships with. So the comments do make a difference. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and, and, and how quickly they appear also makes a difference. What? <laughs> <laughs> if a bunch of people comment quickly, then that means that what you're doing is like really something, right? If it gets people to comment quickly. So. Oh, I feel like I've been doing this all backwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, you have you are like using these principles in other areas of your business, right? Like you are a great relationship builder. It's just taking that same idea of getting to know people online and applying it to Instagram. So I'm curious what camp you fall into. It's kind of on top, off topic, but I'm curious which camp you fall into. When people comment, I guess they're using some sort of like auto comment generator mm -hmm. thing where they either comment like one stupid emoji or some comment that has literally nothing to do with yeah, what sure, you said sure. or posted. <laughs> <laughs> That makes no sense. Are you someone who responds to those people or do you just ignore it and keep it moving? <laughs> I, um, well, for your numbers, that obviously is not going to hurt you to respond. Um, so I say <laughs> it's kind it's of like give, <laughs> give, give back what you get. So if someone is giving you an em one emoji, I give back one emoji. <laughs> oh so that's kind of how I approach it, right? If someone's like taking a lot of time and effort into a comment for me, I will take a lot of time and effort in my comment back and even going to their page and engaging with their photos, right? But if it's just like, I know it's an auto generator, I usually will just be like hearts or... <laughs> All right. Do you suggest using them if that is something that's helping you get engagement in the algorithm in Instagram, or is that like oh, a big no no? Using auto. Yeah, it's like for oh, your own definitely business. no. Oh. Yeah, definitely never use anything automatic or any shortcuts. Um, organic is the way to go. Instagram will know that you're a cheater and punish <laughs> you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> when then it comes to I feel like content and deciding you know what you want your brand to study to be yeah. and this is something I told you whenever we were wandering around the streets of Scottsdale Arizona <laughs> <laughs> that was my biggest struggle with Instagram and I know a lot of other people struggle with Instagram is where the hell do I find all this stuff to take these pictures like I love your feed it's colorful and it's bold but where the hell are you finding all these damn colorful walls at <laughs> these like random backgrounds that you post like how do I go about finding all of those without stressing every time it comes to post a picture on Instagram on if it goes or if it doesn't or where am I going to find this at or does this work or does it not work no, I know exactly what you mean. I think that's like the number one biggest struggle that people have is like finding this content. And I think the answer to that is having a plan. 
and having your editorial calendar and planning out what you're going to post every day, like in advance, right? And it doesn't have to be this like elaborate thing that says this caption on this day with these hashtags, like it doesn't have to be that elaborate. It could just be a bank of photos, right? Like anytime you're somewhere that you see something cool, you just take a photo and you set aside a couple days every month to create these photos. Or if you're on vacation somewhere cool with walls, and this is what I do, I take all those photos at one time and then literally spread them out for like the whole year. <laughs> so, and I call it, you know, it's batching content. That's really what you're doing. So it's having this whole bank of content that you can pull from throughout the whole year and then creating it additional things once or twice a month. And I say creating, that could be photos, that could be graphics. And if you're not super savvy with either of those, that could be gathering stock photos once or twice a month, or that could be hiring someone to do that for you once or twice a month. But really just setting aside those one or two days to like jam pack and take care of your whole month can really like take the take the pressure off of the day to day. The anxiety. <laughs> exactly. You never want to be in that space where you're like, what am I going to post today? You want to have That's every like, day. That is my every day. Yeah. But <laughs> if you have your bank of content there, then you'll never have to worry about that. Do you recommend posting every single day, every other day? Like, what is, what does that sweet spot look like? <laughs> I recommend five to seven times per week. Okay, so roughly every business day or every day. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I, I think consistency is really key with like your audience and you, you'll see better numbers for sure. Um, I don't recommend more than that with the new algorithm. I think you you get higher, I know you get higher engagement rates the longer you kind of leave content hanging. Um, within hours after, it'll still rain like roll up the likes and that helps your engagement rate for sure. And, and the higher engagement rates, the better you do in the algorithm and the more people see your photos. So we want to keep that as high as we can. This algorithm is irritating me. Like we're only a few minutes into this conversation. I'm already over this algorithm. <laughs> but you know, it really isn't as bad as people think. And it really is there to help you like see what you really want to see on your feed and to like make it a better experience. So I, I don't hate it as much as people like are harping on it, it. It's okay. And if you are participating, um, and sharing often and liking the things that you want to see, then it should be all good. Thoughts on hashtags. How important are they? <laughs> Essential. <laughs> okay. So you are in the max out all 30 camp? <laughs> all 30 all the time. Um, just don't have them in your comment. First comment, please don't have them in your first comment. Put what? them down below. Put, or in your initial caption, I mean. Okay. Put them down below in the first comment and make sure they're tailored to your community but um, and not too broad. So if we're talking about entrepreneurs, because this is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs, um, <laughs> let, let's not put, um, you wouldn't want to just put entrepreneur as your hashtag because 
You that can some spammy people on there whenever you do that. <laughs> yeah, do not put entrepreneur because there will be like a million people giving you those weird emojis, right? <laughs> and it's just, you get lost in the sauce. It's just, you're going to get lost. Like there's no, you just wasted one of your 30 pretty much. So, but instead you can find smaller hashtags that are more niche that are where your audience is hanging out. So like the savvy business owners has a hashtag and that's an example of one that you can use. It's a little smaller, a little more tailored. So that's like a better use of your 30. I love it. What are your opinions on Instagram stories? Is it okay that I'm uber casual with my Instagram stories? Or should they also be branded to that damn curated feed? <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on your personality. I think there needs to be a certain level of curation, right? Like you, we don't want to, you don't want to show yourself getting out of bed and things that your community like totally doesn't care about. But if, if you're providing value in just a casual environment, then I think that's okay. But I think it just, the content that you're providing there has to be consistent with your brand and has to be consistent with the content you're providing everywhere else. So I think like you going to like a wedding or something would just be like, I mean, why, why does your community want to see it? You know, like it, it's, it may be fun for you and stuff, but I don't know. It's just not really, you're not giving them marketing advice or you're not giving them information on the podcast or your Facebook group. So I think you really just have to think about the all the information that you're putting out to people and how you can continue to like educate them and give them content in this new form. Gotcha. So is it... Because my thought process has always been using Instagram stories more for like behind the scenes type stuff, whereas my curated feed is more like, here's three tips or go join this thing to get this yeah. <laughs> as far as marketing is concerned. Uh, is that okay? Or should definitely, should it be like a mix of that? Or should it just be Instagram stories or just a, a little bit more of a casual way of still providing that same like marketing-esque value that aligns with my brand? I think the latter, like, I think behind the scenes is good, but I still think like your people are following you for a reason, right? And so keep giving them what they're there for. It makes sense. Cause when I, the Instagram stories first launched, I don't know that I was such a fan, <laughs> That it was, I had just started moving everyone over to Snapchat. And I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> what is this swipe <laughs> Instagram? Yes. Then I started noticing that I felt like, I got some really good, I followed some curated feeds that were interesting and I follow them because, for a certain reason because I like the images that they post and they're pretty, exactly. they're interesting to me. And then I started getting these Instagram stories and I'm like, wait, what is this? <laughs> like, I don't understand why, what is going on here. <laughs> right. You're like taken aback. You're like alarmed. You're like, wait a minute. I thought this person was like this certain way. And now I'm, so I think, and that causes like the great, of people from your Instagram. So I think it really is about being careful about making sure it's consistent. And you mentioned Snapchat and that's a great space for you to do like whatever the heck you want, honestly, because those people are there because they like love you as a person and they just like want to see more about you. They're like hungry, right? Because it takes so much effort to add someone on Snapchat. Oh God, so, it's so annoying. <laughs> it is, it is. But, but that means that those people are like hungry for more about you. 
And in Instagram, the people that follow you have no choice, right? They like have to be subjected to it. It's happening whether they like it or not. (laughs) I know, I sound horrible. But on Snapchat, it's they're there because they love you and your personality and give it to them there you know like show them who you are and behind the scenes like and that's really for my brand I'm doing the same way like if I'm at a wedding for instance I'm using that as an example like that'll go on my snapchat right like it it won't go on my instagram story fascinating because I have essentially stopped using Snapchat and just kind of replacing it with Instagram stories but now apparently I need to be a little bit more curated got it <laughs> well it could be you know it's it's all in your personal preference but it does give you that opportunity to make Snapchat that like a little more private community for you to feel like you can show things that are a little more personal and a little more off-brand per se um, but keeping Instagram more in line with everything So what have been some of the top ways that you have found for yourself that have been the most successful that you have been able to provide value on Instagram? What's like gotten you the most results as far as what you've shared or how you've been able to provide value on Instagram? Um, Well, I've definitely provided value through my blog in like directing people there. So it's a great um, launching off point for that. So it's creating a a post that ties into blog content and directing people there through the link in your profile. I think that's been um, the great spa- a great space there. And I think just showing the work that I do um, is a great way. That's how I've gotten all my clients. So <laughs> it's, it's not always providing value other than being something beautiful for people to look at, like, some, like a beautiful image for people to look at. I think that's like my primary vehicle of value is just like beautiful imagery. Um, but for other people that can take different forms. Let's talk about clients outside of being an influencer that a lot of people are going to think, yeah, that's nice. Like, great. Maybe one day I'll be an influencer, but like, I want to make clients now just getting them to actually click on that damn link in the bio and (laughs) taking action and how, like, what would be your top ways for someone to just be able to get clients to take action from their posts and eventually have them turn into a paying customer or buy a product or buy the service, whatever it is that they offer as their business offering and not so much being an influencer, but just buy my marketing service. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's the majority of what I do. So I'm happy to elaborate on that. Um, So if you are a business owner, service-based business owner that sells a visual product, so photographer, designer, whether that be web designer, stationary designer, anything visual, Everything that you're putting on your feed should be like the greatest reflection of you and the work that you can do. And it should be the greatest example of the work that you would like to continue doing. Um, So you want to put work there that's going to attract your ideal client all of the time. Um, If you're a wedding photographer who hates... um, barn weddings and never wants to shoot another barn wedding again in your life don't put it on your instagram right like you want to put on your feed exactly i only put colorful brands on my feed because that's all i want to do i'm not going to put anything dark or moody because that's not what that's not the kind of work that i do and the same goes for graphic design um 
think and of it as a portfolio. Exactly. That's the best way I can describe it to people. If you are a product-based business, it's the same way. It's um, you want to show beautiful photos of your products. You never want to show it in poor lighting. You never want to show it like with like your weird bowl of soup or something like always have great style photos of your products to make people actually want to buy it. Um, that's the best advice I can give to a product based business for sure. And you definitely need those calls of action too, like you mentioned, and actually telling people to click the link in your profile is a great thing to do. Not people like to say like, it's like dot, dot, dot link in profile. No, tell them to click the link in profile and tell them why they should do that. Like click the link in profile to see the whole collection. Click the link in profile to see more of my work. Click the link in profile to contact me about XYZ. So being more specific, I think also really helps. Do you think that you should also, I see a lot of people, this is probably like random question. I see a lot of people who will also include the link like in the post because a lot of times you're switching mm. out your one link in the bio. Do you recommend doing that? Do you recommend saying temporary link in bio? How do you recommend kind of keeping I think straight? you need to like update your link in profile or whatever you're selling or whatever you're doing and just say link in bio <laughs> or click the link in my profile because like, no one's going to copy and paste it from your feed. It's from your caption. It's too hard. No, and you're lucky if I go back to your bio and click on the link. <laughs> yeah. So copying and pasting, forget about it. Like you need to be the one to take that extra step to put it in your profile. Perfect. And at that point, then, is it just like a consistency game of continuing to make sure they're being bombarded with that content so that you're constantly staying top of mind, I'm assuming, as far as yeah. being able to generate clients from Instagram? Yeah, it's definitely just continuing to show great work and continuing to like nurture that community. Awesome. Okay, well, Alicia, this has been insanely helpful. I'm going to go cry over my Instagram feed now. No. <laughs> Don't cry. I'm going to go now start overhauling things and start, you know, hoarding things that I find at home goods <laughs> for, for prop shopping. <laughs> Scouring Amazon. It's a good, it's a good place. <laughs> Uh, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you? They want to get a strategy session with you. They want to stalk you online. <laughs> uh, you can go to my website at lishcreative.com. You can also find me on Instagram at alishylishy. Uh, that's A-L-I-S-H-Y-L-I-S-H-Y. And it's the same handle for Pinterest and Facebook. So I'm consistent. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I feel like we've kind of beat Instagram resources to a pulp thus far in our season, if we're being honest. So coming up with my favorite uh, doodad this week was impossible because I don't feel like there are any more just actual resources that you can go get as far as Instagram is concerned, or at least that I'm using or I'm aware of. Um, so my favorite resource this week was just to hire Alicia for a call, for a strategy call, especially if you feel like, because what I'm realizing is that a lot more of my audience than I gave credit to 
is on Instagram and not just using it to build their own businesses, but to build relationships with other businesses and other people and buy from other people than I had originally like thought about or considered, which is why it was no big deal whenever I wanted to get off of Instagram just what three months ago. Um, but after having conversations with her and this interview with her, I've realized that more of them are on there than I give them credit for. So I probably need to start using it in more of a I hate using this word, but like a strategic direction or an intentional way than I am right now. So I think that for anyone else who feels like they're kind of in the same point or they're realizing that more of their ideal client base is on there and they need to start using it a little bit better so they can actually start making money out of the time that they're spending on it, then hit hit a girl up for a strategy call. <laughs> call yeah, Alicia. And, well, and that's what's nice about a strategy call is that it's it's low commitment. Like it's a one-off thing and then you can sort of go from there. So I also like that advice. My resource is more of just like a tactic because I think that as we're talking about Instagram stories and for example, the fact that I stopped following Bethany because it was just too much. I think that you need to, even after you've created the content that goes into an Instagram story or a snap story, this works for both. Um, you have to make sure that you're actually watching them back as a follower would to see just how things flow. Maybe you're cutting yourself off and you don't realize it, or maybe your, um, lighting is worse than you realize as you're sort of watching them in succession or, or maybe you're doing too much (laughs) and it's like, it's like, okay, I can't patiently sit through all of this. So how, and it's me. So how can I expect somebody else to? So, uh, that would be my tactic. It seems really simple, but I think it's important because otherwise you, you don't really understand what your audience is seeing. That's genius. I've done that a few times. And when I get to some of mine, I'm like, why did I share this? (laughs) God, just delete it. What is this? (laughs) Like, Why did I think this was a good idea at some point in time? (laughs) It happens a lot. So frequently (laughs) self-edit. Yes. Yes. And that's it for season two. Thank you so much to all of our guests this season and all of you guys who listen each week and support us. We appreciate it more than you know. Head over to blazingcreative.com to get show notes for this episode with links to all the resources we've mentioned today. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps spread the word about Blazing Creative so that Megan and I can help more bosses like you. That's it for this episode. Have a great holiday season.